Over the last two decades, I've been in an insatiable quest to learn everything I can about leadership. What makes the best leaders so good? After running companies small and large over the last 20 years, today, I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo. I'm your host, and I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this very topic and what makes the best leader so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, Tomorrow's Leaders. So today's guest is Aaron Ezra. He is chairman of the board of a company called Plan A Technologies, a company that's growing incredibly fast. Like they're hiring a person every other day and uh, doing some phenomenal things. They're all over the world. Um, and Aaron is an example of a true leader. This guy is uh, a great leadership background, served as CEO of multiple companies, and uh, just a very uh, real, authentic leader, very in touch with what it's all about to influence large change and very forward thinking. So I really love this conversation that I had with him. We could have gone a lot longer, um, but I know in this relatively short period of time, you're going to get a lot from it. So here is Aaron Ezra. All right. Welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I am John Lerito, your host, here with a great guest. I've got Aaron Ezra, who's the chairman of the board for a great company called Plan A Technology. Uh, Aaron, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, pleasure to have you. There's a lot that I want to pick your brain on, my friend, because I know you're doing some phenomenal things now. You've done some pretty amazing thing. You're very uh, things. You're a very successful entrepreneur, very successful leader. Um, let let me start with one just question about success. It ties into success. You know, your organization, Plan A Technology, has grown fast, really, really fast. And I find leaders sometimes kind of, for lack of putting it a better way, get over their skis. You know, something goes, starts getting a little out of control. Share with the audience a little bit about how you lead organizations through that aggressive growth phase and what are the most critical things that you have to really be keeping your eye on. Well, I think I think um, when you're gearing up for a really, really aggressive growth path, it's really important to make certain that everyone is aligned, first of all, so you don't have different people kind of working towards very different goals because things fall apart quickly when that happens. And second, that you have a true vision that everyone knows they are aiming for uh, that's really, really, really clear. So at, at Plan A Technologies, we're a software development company. So our vision is to really be building the future of technology. Uh, we say everywhere, hey, we're coding the future. We're building the future. Um, and we want people who are fellow builders, people who really, really love that, people who are getting behind that. And uh, that dovetails very, very nicely with uh, the idea of growing our own company, because not only are we helping to build all sorts of super cool stuff for uh, lots and lots of different Fortune 500 companies and startups and other organizations around the world, but we're also getting the chance to to sort of drink our own Kool-Aid and build our own thing and create our own uh, company as we are helping these other companies to, to build what they want. So it starts there. Uh, and then, you know, I, I think a lot about... Um, you know, as you are growing like that, you need to think about once you have that vision, you need to build the machine. So 
for a company like ours and, and most other companies out there, you really have to think about, all right, how do I get new clients and keep our existing clients happy? So you have the client side of the machine uh, or customer side, if it's a B2C company, and then you have the people side. So how do I get all the great people I need? How do I keep these people over here? And so uh, as you're scaling super fast uh, with a company like ours, where we're hiring a person every other day and many weeks, a person every single day, uh, we need to make sure that that machine is healthy, that there are leaders in charge of everything who understand the vision, who are looking out for for issues and problems. We, you know, one of the uh, the, the folks I was talking to on our team, who's an account manager, um, was trying to tackle all these different things himself. And I said to him, "Look, listen, you know, you don't have to do everything yourself. You have a whole team behind you supporting you. Think of yourself as the person on the watchtower looking out for." forest fires along the, the the tree line. You need to let us know when there's an issue and make sure everybody at, in, within the company, everybody who's part of that machine understands their role, how they can help and knows with great confidence that the rest of the company is going to be backing them up and helping them. So um, that process of building the machine and making sure you have the infrastructure there and the people who are energized and excited about the vision is is really what it's all about. So I, and that, that's uh, super helpful. And what I'm hearing from you is a few different things. One is, you know, a big part of this is the leadership team that you have in place. I mean, my guess also is what comes with that, not only the, the crystal clear vision and alignment with the vision, but I'm also uh, assuming it's not like one or two people are controlling everything. You really need to have the trust in your leaders and you need to give that trust. You need to empower them to make the decisions. Otherwise, you're never going to scale, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's uh, that's actually one of the real points of tension for a lot of startups as they start to scale. Um, in my uh, first startup, I was a little bit of a control freak where, you know, I just felt like I had to do every darn thing. You know, like if there was a client problem, I would get involved every single time. If there was a personnel issue, I would get involved every single time. And I thought that's the way to do it, you know, to to be not just the the coach, but the captain of the team, kind of getting in there and doing everything uh, that, uh, that, that needed to be done alongside of everyone. And I thought this was going to be great because this was going to really help the team to feel like, man, Aaron's got my back. He's there for me. He's, he's, he's everywhere I need him to be. And in reality, that's partially true, but you're also then not empowering these people. They kind of feel like they can't make any decisions without, you know, Aaron getting involved or, or, or the boss getting involved. And so people start to feel more helpless. And it's like raising a child. You can't do everything for the child. You have to teach the child what to do. And, and you have to give everybody the chance to shine and be their best selves. And otherwise, they don't have ownership over it. And so that's a difficult balance to find when you're when you're kind of a first time um, CEO starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, I think I think having a leadership team that is, as I mentioned, aligned with the vision. And and, you know, one of the things I talk to, to folks about a lot is the idea that leadership is really uh, made up both of, you know, inspiring people and being that, uh, uh, you know, trustworthy and inspiring leader, but also kind of the day to day core stuff of management. So leadership is a little different than management. You need to make certain that the leaders understand all right, operationally, these are the freaking things I got to do and get done every day versus here are the things I can do to listen better, to be empathetic, to um, try to create a better structure for for making everybody a success on the team and so on. 
I love it. And and I you know a couple of things I want to go back to a minute about about being a control freak because you got a lot of control freaks that are listening. Some <laughs> some of them are 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 aware that they're control freaks. Some would not call themselves control freaks, but I see that honestly as one of the biggest issues that really does prevent a company from breaking through and scaling. Uh, and it just slows the whole organization down. And just to your, to your point, you hit it right in the spot. Those A players that are on those, the team that are, that are leading when they're not empowered, they're feeling helpless. They're not developing. They're not growing. They're not making an impact. They're frustrated. They feel like their leader doesn't have faith in them and confidence in them. And ultimately they're going to go. That's how you lose A players. So for the, um, Control freaks that are saying, okay, I get it. I need to change. What's the downside that they need to be ready for? So if they say, okay, got it. Now I'm going to start pushing authority, you know, distributed authority and, and empowering people. What should they be ready for? What is the realistic downside potentially of doing that? Well, I think there's always a very delicate balance that needs to be found. Because on the one hand, you have the control freak folks that we're talking about now who want to do everything. But then you also have on the other side of the spectrum, the people who are usually coming from a very, very large company environment where there are sometimes tens of thousands of, of employees and management is often less about execution and more about being a fantastic traffic cop and the coordination of multiple other people. And so you end up with these situations very often where um a small company gets somebody who's used to and only capable of working uh, in a big company environment where they're trying to like tell everybody what to do. And the small company is like, hey, you're not actually doing anything, man. Like you got to like actually get on this. And then you have the other side where you have the people who have excelled because a startup when it's in its little tiny baby stage and it's first getting going kind of needs some control freaks to some degree. Mm -hmm. You need people who are all in, who are doing everything all the time. And that works and, and helps at a small scale, but then obviously doesn't scale up at all and completely falls apart as, as you get old, as you get as you get bigger. So to answer your question, I think the first thing for people who are feeling like, oh, gosh, I think I might be a control freak or people who are telling me I'm a control freak. What do I do? Uh, is to really, um, I think, understand what that leads to, like logically play out and show yourself. And this is what I did for myself. I had to, I'm a very, very highly like logical thinker. I had to think like, wait a minute. Yes, I am capable of doing all these different things. That's great. There's other people who are like that in the world. I'm not the only one, but I'm, I'm actually holding us back and remembering to think about there are only so many hours in the day. You need many, many, many people who can do these things for an organization to really scale. That's a big kind of first step. Uh, and then I think rather than trying to just wholesale overnight, be like, all right, I'm changing everything. It's all going to be different here. Everyone's going to be totally confused. That's never going to work. But doing things in a piecemeal way where you say, all right, First, what I'm going to do is on the recruiting side, I'm going to let the recruiters do what they need to do. Or if you're in a totally different part of the business on the manufacturing side, I'm going to now trust these people to take on these tasks and slowly beginning to give more responsibility. Um, trusting but verifying is always a great one. Big cliche, of course, but trust your people to do things. Verify that they've done it. If somebody messes something up, that's OK. Give them a chance or two to like do those mess ups, help them, teach them, uh, you know, and, and those things, if done in a slower, more gradual way, 
um, I think can can help people to suddenly feel a lot more comfortable. And and just speaking for myself, you know, once I started to do that a lot more, I found a lot more success and I was a lot more relaxed about my life. Uh, my wife was a lot happier <laughs> as well. So, um, well, you know, it's so funny you bring that up. I mean, that's, that is a real, uh, interesting observation that as I've worked and you, you yourself have worked with, uh, so many leaders, I see leaders in every industry at all different levels, very, very successful ones. And most of them, unlike what people would think, most of them are not when, if they're really effective and they're really good, they're not running around with their hair on fire and speeds of sweat, you know, dripping down their head and beat red and barking out orders and highly stressed and working a hundred hours a week. That's not what they're doing. That's not effective leadership. That's a great sign of somebody who's a control freak um, and not empowering the ones that are really effective i mean they've got balance in their life they're less stressed um you know they're having they've they're passionate about other things in their life and and doing other things outside of work i mean it's it's fascinating that was one of my big aha moments as i really start to got obsessed about figuring out this whole you know what are the best of the best really do i think that's absolutely right and and i think there's also a uh a real uh one of the additional realizations that I came to at least was that that happens once you hit sort of a a medium sized business, that when you're running a small startup company in those first years, it's okay to be totally freaked out running around like crazy because a lot of people are like, I don't understand what am I doing wrong? And then I'll say, look, this is, this is how most little startups actually finally get to that stage. You know, I, I often think about how in business there are, um, you know, it's almost like the, the laws of physics where there's the normal laws of physics. There's the normal laws of how business works. But then when you're really small and just starting out, it's like the quantum level. There's all sorts of different rules. Everything's all different at the t- super tiny stage. And I feel like that's how that's how things go for a lot of companies where, you know, when you're at that little stage, don't beat yourself up if you're putting in the crazy long hours. You know, that's just kind of what's needed, not all the time, but for most startups, at least that I've seen mm-hmm. to, to really get to that next level. But then once you get to that next level, amen, brother, you don't want to keep running around like that. You'll have a freaking heart attack. Like yeah. you, you need to yeah. come up with infrastructure to be able to grow in a more systematic way. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, the one the, the person is in the first couple of years of a startup and it's, a, you know, there's their own baby that they're uh, bringing up from birth here. It's not, you know, you're all of a sudden working 30 hours a week and, you know, yeah. can expect success. You got to put in the 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 time uh, for sure. Um, you've talked about the difference and I, I, I agree there's such a difference between management and leadership. Um, and I think about what some of the what some of the critical elements in those categories. So if you if you thought about like as a leader, here's what top level leadership, here's like the one or two really big things that stick out to me in terms of characteristics of great leadership and then also on management. Um, the same thing, you know, what's one or two, what's somebody who's really great at management? What does that maybe look like just to kind of hammer that point? Yeah. You know, I think when I think about management, I think like these are the people who are getting it done that those, or those are the tasks that you need to do. I should say to actually like do the work, you know, um, Hey, we need to fix this issue that we're having with invoicing, or we need to, you know, we've got a, uh, an issue on the, with our supply chain that we need to address, or we need to, you know, renegotiate, uh, certain clause in a contract, like the, the nuts and bolts of like, 
This is the stuff that needs to happen, and it needs to happen in a smart, effective way. Um, I wouldn't call that the the boring stuff. That's really like a massive part of every leader's job. Like yeah. you're responsible for those things. You got to make sure that those things are happening uh, and and happening uh, in a, in, a, in a good way. Leadership, I think of much more as you know the the person who gets everybody together in the room and is able to rally the troops and inspire people or um you know sees the the individual contributor who maybe hasn't been recognized and has been overlooked and is able to go to that person and say thank you and give them a bonus or whatever the person the the uh, uh, acts of uh, thinking ahead and saying like, huh, this looks like something that could be pretty freaking disruptive to our industry. I better make sure that we start a little uh, skunk works team to try to address that or maybe reposition ourselves or try to acquire that or partner with them or whatever it is, you know, thinking ahead about those things. So it's kind of the, when I think about leadership, I think these are the, obviously the people issues, who you are and all of that, but also, you know, thinking ahead and really just trying to look out for, you know, Am I steering the ship in the right direction? Is every is the crew okay? Are we are are all these different things happening um, that that should be happening as we look uh, ahead over the next year, the next five years, the next ten years, and so on? Excellent, I love it. As and speaking of looking ahead, as you look ahead and you think about how things uh, in your mind are going to change uh, moving forward over the next few years, what do leaders need to be ready for? What do they need to be? Uh, staying a couple of steps ahead of in order to be really relevant and effective uh i mean you just talked about the thing that keeps me up at night all the time that i think about a lot so a great question you know i think that there's obviously a major shift happening right now in the way that companies work and the way that work is is done uh a all the move toward remote everything is a real massive shift in how you recruit how you um, foster connections between people and a sense of belonging to an organization. Our company is almost entirely remote. And uh, so we have to come up with all sorts of interesting games and activities and teaching sessions and lots and lots of different stuff that, that we do uh, to try to keep everybody engaged. There's also a much bigger move towards uh, internationalization. Um, and so our company has uh, uh, staff members from, I think, 17 different countries now. And so uh, that is different for some people. And you need to think a lot about, all right, how are we creating information that um, is going to be not only understood, but but um, interpreted correctly uh, by everyone? You know, we uh, uh, just I just had this morning a conversation with one of our staff members who said, hey, we're getting compensated on this. And so some of the people thought that meant cash compensation, but other people locally thought that meant they were just getting extra days off. And so little things like that, you have to think about in a big way, this globalization really changes how an organization needs to think. And I think that's going, you know, there were always these massive multinational corporations, but that was the case. But I think globalization is happening on a smaller and smaller scale. So that's a big one. Um, obviously the advent of, uh, you know, the ability for workers to communicate with each other, uh, see, go online and see Glassdoor reviews of what everybody thinks and what everybody's earning and, and everything else. There's a level of transparency today that I think is very healthy, actually, uh, and fosters a lot more competition. But for a lot of more old school companies, 
they got to think about that a little bit, you know, uh, and what, you know, the old days of, of a boss completely losing it and um, doing whatever he wanted to do. And then the team members having nowhere to go is those days are, are, are disappearing. Um, and then, of course, all of the cool new technology that enables some very, very cool new ways of communicating with each other of, you know, that's changing and like all of the, the impact of AI and how that's changing so many different industries uh, from a leadership perspective, you know, the ability to understand with great depth what your customers are doing and what they want, what your employees are doing and what their pain points are, you know, all of those things are having some really, really interesting impacts, which we could probably spend two hours talking about. But, uh, you know, just as a, a quick high level, those are some of the things that I think about. Great insights. I love it. Um, and obviously, um, you know, you're you're a you're an impactful, uh, engaged leader that's really uh, certainly got a, a great pulse on what's happening. Um, and you're also, you know, Plan A Technologies is doing phenomenal things. I know you've done phenomenal things. I know you've got a big vision. What is that vision? Where, where do you see the company going with your leadership and the other leaders and the great teams that you have put together? Yeah. So, you know, for, for our company, my last two companies that I built and sold were product companies, and, and those were fun and exciting, and I had a great time doing it. Uh, with Plan A Technologies, our goal is really, uh, as I started to say a little bit earlier, to just, we're builders, we love creating new things. Um, and so our, our kind of first mandate is just build new cool stuff for the future. And so that's a that's a great vision to attract people. It's a great vision for our clients. The other big thing that we try to do a lot, uh, and and I'd say more than half of our customers today, are companies that were having trouble in some way with a piece of technology. Sometimes it's not much trouble. Sometimes it's horrible, horrible problems where something just got hacked or something's been non- unsupported or something has just crashed and, and everybody's freaking out. But a lot of our clients come to us when they're like, yeah, you got to save us. You got to fix this thing. Uh, and so, you know, that's something that we absolutely love. It's really, you know, as a bunch of um, people who are huge fans of technology, it's very, very fun to get to be the superhero that flies in to save the day and says, like, all right, what's the, what's the issue? Let's dig in. Let's figure this thing out. You know, we're people who love puzzles and challenges and, you know, the the stakes are very, very high for a lot of our clients when they are coming to us, they're often losing a massive amount of money or huge opportunities, or many of them are afraid they're about to be fired. When they select us, they're kind of like, please, please don't mess this up. There is a lot at stake for them. And so that is something that we take very, very seriously. You know, we're kind of the often the technology equivalent of emergency room surgeons where people will come and say like, oh my God, this this thing's been shot and run over and had a, a house dropped on it. Please save it, save it, save it. And so, you know, that is, there's high adrenaline. It's really exciting and it's fun to get a chance to actually then save it and not only save it, but actually make it better and enhance it and all those other things. So, yeah. you know, we look forward to getting a chance to continue to do that, expanding into more places, continuing to hire more folks and, you know, bringing that, um, that expertise to more companies around the world. That's great. Well, I love your story. I love what you're doing. I love what's happened and your trajectory is phenomenal. So um, congrats on that. Uh, people want to learn more. They want to learn more about plan a technologies or engage with you what's the best way for them to do that yep just head over to the website which is plan a technologies.com and there's our phone number and email and everything over there 
Awesome. Terrific. Well, Aaron, I appreciate it. You are a uh, insightful uh, guy with lots of wisdom. I appreciate you sharing that uh, with the audience. I've picked up some things for sure, and I love to, uh, chat, chatting with you, and I hope you come back another time. Oh, I, I would love that, and thank you so much for the kind words and for having me on the show. You got it. And thanks all for joining today. We've been here with Aaron Ezra, chairman of the board for Plan A Technologies. All the links are in the show notes, so be sure to check them out. Be sure to engage a phenomenal company with a bright, bright future ahead, doing some great things. Uh, As always, appreciate you listening today. Like, share, subscribe, all that kind of good stuff. Go down below, give a five-star review, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader for suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching. Reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.